When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. We're picking up on a theme we started last week on power struggles, and we're going to go deeper into that because uh, if you're a parent, you've had power struggles. And if you're a parent, you will have power struggles, and it's a part of life. And uh, so we're going to talk today about uh, how to navigate those power struggles. And uh, Michael is with us for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. I'm Tim Wright, the uh, kind of the host uh, or the driver of the show, so to speak, with Michael Gurian, the brains behind uh, the Wonder of Parenting, a brain science approach to parenting. Michael, it's good to have you with us. Good to be here. You're the host with the most. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we want to uh, say special thanks, as always, to our sponsors, uh, the Center of Place of Hope up in the Seattle area. Uh, they are one of the top 10 centers for treatment of depression. And Dr. Greg Jantz puts out a book a year. And if you're not familiar with his books, you want to go to Amazon and just do a Google search of Greg, G-R-E-G-G, Jantz, J-A-N-T-Z. You can also get that on uh, the website, wonderparenting.com. And uh, any kind of issue that you've struggled with, both personally, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, or as a parent, Greg's got a book on it. So check them out. That's the center of place of hope. And then we've got Man Cave. Men all need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. They seek to take a leadership role and encourage positive relationships of fathers and male role models with their children. And they also promote uh, the importance of nurturing dads and moms, parenting, healthy marriages, and all of that to help improve the lives of children and families. You can learn more about Man Cave as well at wonderofparenting.com. That's wonderofparenting.com. So this was sent in to us, uh, and if you go to wonderparenting.com, there is a place where you can send us questions, and we take questions from there, and we also take them from our website or from uh, uh, our Facebook page. And this is a, um, has some good detail to it, so I want to read the whole question, uh, and then we'll get a chance to talk about this. I'm looking for help with power struggles. My son is six and identified as gifted, but his learning is often uh, asynchronous. I, I knew I was going to... Asynchronous. Asynchronous. I knew yep. I was going to stumble on that word. <laughs> I, I practiced it many, many times, and <laughs> It's a it tough is. one, yeah. Yep. Uh, asynchronous. Uh, lately, he has struggled with fairness, but the things he is passionate about aren't really logical. For example, yesterday we had recreational basketball practice. There were some basketballs that were newer than others, their newer balls, uh, the newer balls were the ones all the kids wanted, but there weren't enough for every kid, and soon they were fighting over these newer balls. <laughs> the coach removed these balls from the whole team and continued practice with a full set of matching balls. No big deal. My son could not handle this. He went to a private spot to deal with his feelings. He demanded that the only way he would return to practice or treat me or the coach with respect is if we provided him with one of those newer balls. I tried to connect with him. 
I tried to give him options to give him back some reasonable power, but he just would not have it. I just kept repeating, having that ball is not an option. We have to deal with the situation when he would demand that ball. I tried to connect and say, I see what I say or say what I see while providing a statement like, what can we do about this? But he never gave in, produced or accepted any other option and proceeded to make the remainder of the night unpleasant. This is a fairly common experience in the last three months to varying degrees of disruption. He does not do these things at home like he does in public, and he really only does them to this degree when he knows I'm socially trapped and can't remove him from the situations. I fully believe that his determination, grit, and perseverance will serve him well as a grown adult brain, but right now, we need some ideas to help mold that brain. So there are some specific things, obviously, going on with that family and that child, but we'll be able to talk more broadly uh, as well. So, Michael, as you read that question, uh, and you struggled through that word asynchronous. Uh, <laughs> tell us uh, what your insights are. Uh, yes. Well, again, just a wonderful question. I'm so glad this was raised, and I believe every parent will resonate in some way with this. Um, I I think, you know, I always kind of go overarching, and then I go in. I think from an overarching point of view that uh, a couple things. One is it may turn out that there is something going on in the brain of this little guy, you know, um, mm-hmm. th- there might be something obsessive is going to show up. There might be something. I don't think so, but maybe some ASD or something. I always want to say when I read something like this, that it's always possible that there's something going on in the brain that someone ought to assess. Right. Yeah. But having said that, so that may, may occur, may not occur, but having said that still, um, this power struggle that appears to be a lot with mom, uh, because she said, you know, it sounds like if he weren't there, I'm sorry, if she weren't, was not there, that maybe he wouldn't have done this because mm. she says yep. he does not do these things at home like he does in public. Um, and he does them when I'm socially trapped. So. I think it's very possible that there's something going on in his relationship with her and her relationship with him. And if that's the case, then the solution is going to be for her or or is possibly going to be in her reassessing the way that she relates to him and holding more authority and spending less time trying to, as she said, connect with him. Um, but when he's in a situation where he's being unreasonable, um, it's very possible that her trying to connect with him and get him to, you know, verbally express and all of that, that what he's doing is sort of narcissistically controlling the situation. Mm. And what she may need to do is just say, you know, this is it. And, um, and she may need to raise her voice, you know, (laughs) she may need to just be really firm, raise her voice, say, this is it. And this is the way it is and see, see what happens. Um, because if he, if he doesn't have something else going on in his brain and she does that for a period of time, right. Alters the way she holds her authority, um, and doesn't allow the power struggle to occur because she just says, this is it. And if you don't like it, you know, go sit in the car or whatever, um, uh, or just stay in the corner for the rest of the game. I'm not going to talk to you. 
okay, that's very brutal, but I think people know what I'm trying to get at. She's yep. probably not going to use that language, but then, then within a month or two, it would be interesting to see if this kind of goes away. Um, uh, and she's going to probably need help from dad, from others. She's going to probably need help because she's going to be altering the way she parents a little bit um, toward less connectivity when he's unreasonable and more straight authority. Um, and so that might take some work and she's going to need support. But I think it's the right experiment in this case to try. If, if however, if I'm misreading this or I don't have the information, and if, however, um, she he does this when she's not around in public, you know, then it would be interesting to figure out what's going on in the authority systems there, too. Um, how much power, like she's trying to return to him his power. And my thought is, this isn't the right time to return mm. to him his power. Mm. What he needs to do is he needs to be a follower here. And um, so, so that's what I think she can do between she and him and try that as an experiment. And then they, the parents can talk to the, the teachers and the coaches and everything and see how many times, if at all, he does this with them when she's not present and then try to ascertain how they hold their authority, you know, um, because I think he has too much power. Mm. That would be my overarching thought. Interesting. So if he doesn't have a brain disorder developing or something else, if this, this is just a normal developing boy who's going through this phase of this power struggle stuff, um, yeah, I think the solution is going to be in the authority changing the way they do authority. That's the now, overarching. Now, what is it in the brain that makes power struggles a part of the growing up experience? What's going on? Oh, well, it, it's individuation. It's well, it is brain development, right? And it's mm -hmm. occurring in what we call individuation or independence development. Um, that, that, brain is trying to do it in its own way. And, um, and then relationally, the brain is relating th through conflict. So it's still relationship that that brain is creating conflicts in order to relate in order to self stimulate. Um, uh, right. And that's the part that is normal to some brain development, you know, to relate through conflict, and, um, and to self stimulate through conflict, but that, that part is too hard on the rest of the system. Right. Mm -hmm. And the brain can still develop. We can still develop all of its assets without engaging in this kind of power struggle right. at six years old. So um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I think she's sort of hinting at that maybe the brain's not going to develop as well if he's not allowed to go through this. And I would push back on that and say, no, that is not correct. That brain can still develop quite well without uh, and in fact, in some ways may develop better mm -hmm. without it having to push this power struggle into the system and especially the system with mom. Um, it can still develop really, really well. It can develop all the assets she wants. Um, you know, this brain is not being abused. This child is not being abused. This child is not being harmed. This child is not, doesn't have trauma. So we're not going to negatively impact brain development by holding authority. Um, and the brain will still develop individuation. It will still develop independence. Um, uh, it will it will do it, you know, in ways that are appropriate to the system, to the parenting system. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. 
When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Is that answering your question? Yeah. Is there is there a difference between pushing boundaries and power struggles? Um, oh boy, I'd have to have an example of what you mean uh, because they could be quite similar. Well, yes. Give me an example I, of what you well, mean. Well, let's just say that uh, you know, mom says uh, you're only going to have one. You only eat one cookie, mm-hmm. and then you grab a second one. You start biting it. Uh, versus something that's happening here where it's just outright rebellion against. I'm not doing anything you say. Um, in other words, I, I think of testing boundaries as sort of seeing w- w- where's the line. Yep. Um, I don't necessarily want to engage in a huge battle with my mom, but I want to know where the line is right. yep. versus all out war. Yeah, that's really normal. Okay, so by pushing boundaries, you mean yep. grabbing the second cookie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's really normal, right? I mean, that that's a little child growing up and, and is going to test the boundaries and is going to try to figure out where they are. And the child does need the response from mom to say, okay, that was the boundary. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that boundaries development is really great for brain development. And that's why, that's why it's so wonderful when parents hold authority. Um, with kids, not abusively again, but what the whole authority, mm-hmm. because that brain is going to learn boundaries and learning boundaries is one of the most important soft skills or relational skills that that child and then adult is going to have in life, right? A lot of that child's success in the future will be based on knowing where the boundaries are and, um, and, and controlling impulses, obviously mm-hmm. self-regulating. It all goes in that category. So, so that's why I really like parents holding authority and not going too much into the soft skills on situations like this, because now we move into the, your second category, which is unreasonable. This child is being unreasonable. So yes. this isn't just, I'm going to grab a cookie and see you know, what the boundary is. And then, oh, all right, I won't grab a cookie the next time, a second cookie the next time. This is, I really want all out war and, a, and something's been set up in the dynamics here Either it's in my brain, okay, that would be if the child has something, or it's been set up in the dynamic, in the social system around me, uh, specifically in the mother-child relationship here, it's been set up that I get to do this. Mm-hmm. So I don't just get to push boundaries, but I get to just make war on people, and they keep letting me do it. 
Um, and so the brain is exploring, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely exploring how far it can go. And, <clears throat> and then it, it goes. And that kind of narcissism, that kind of, um, uh, you know, ego development or whatever we want to say, that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Because then the brain is not learning boundaries. It is not learning self-regulation. You know, all these things that we need to, to help learn uh, impulse control that we need to help that brain learn. So um, we won't be doing any harm. We will be allowing all the good boundaries development and brain development. But what we'll be cutting out is um, is this in- inflated power struggle that becomes such a trauma mm-hmm. for everybody because it's a trauma for the other kids. Right. Yes. It's a trauma for the coach. Right. Trauma. I mean, a mini trauma. You yes. know, it's a it's a stressor and it's clearly creating trauma in the mother son relationship or creating significant stress in the mother son relationship. So um, that's kind of my take on it. Yes, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. So as I listen and, and I'm not using anything clinically here, um, this sounds like almost outright defiance by a boy. And maybe you could talk about defiance and a phrase that was used many, many years ago, uh, James Dobson, I think, in his book, The Strong-Willed Child. Uh, and I don't even know if we use that kind of language anymore mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but it's a good word. Yeah. So, so, you know, talk about some of the nuances, strong-willed, defiant, power struggle. Just because I, I, I think about, um, you know, just yesterday, for example, I went to pick up my a couple of my grandkids and, and mom. They're headed off to a trip. And it was time for Matilda to put her, her shoes on. And she just outright flat said, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to put my shoes on. All right. So where does that sort of fall on the scale of defiance, strong-willed, pushing boundaries? I mean, those are sort of the normal everyday things that parents are dealing with. Right. Yeah. Well, let's use the Matilda case there. So what happened? So she said no. And then mm-hmm. what happened in that, in the relationality in the system there? Uh, well, we just kind of joked a little bit. I, For me, I just kind of joked a little bit and said, come on, let's do it. We can do it. And, and uh, I said, we got to go. And finally she broke. Right. And she was okay, but she had a couple of hissy fits there uh, before that happened. Um, And part of it was, she said, well, my dad always gets my shoes for me. Well, your dad's not here. I don't know where your shoes are. So, um, you know, so eventually she relented and gave in, but there was a little bit of uh, pushing Mm -hmm. and back and forth. And how long did it take? Uh, maybe three, four minutes, three, four minutes. Okay. Yep. Right. And so that seems to me, um, uh, I think that would, would not fit in this category. No, right. Right. Um, yeah. And you're, you're helpfully pointing out the difference. So, so she, her saying that something was going on, you know, inside her where that, that manifested as I'm not going to put my shoes on. She right. may have been tired. She may have, be afraid of going on the trip. She may have, yep. you know, we don't know. I don't know what that is. Um, she may not have had fuel. It could be anything. Right. And yep. so it manifests as creating this small scale power struggle, trying to have control. What mm-hmm. she's doing is she's trying to have control. I want it. I want to have control over this. So I'm, you know, it's like potty training. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do it and I need control. And, uh, she needed control for some reason. And, um, uh, and she threw this hissy fit, as you say, and then within three to four minutes, she went, okay, to heck with it. And she gave yep. up that need for control. She had expressed whatever was going on for her. Like it had processed through her, the fear or, or, or the lack of fuel or whatever it was had processed through her. And, and so it did manifest as defiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not putting my shoes on. 
and also I want my dad to find my shoes. Mm -hmm. There's some defiance in there. Um, it manifested as that it manifested as trying to take control. It doesn't sound like it was full on rebellion, you know, like this, um, or or this, this more sort of more narcissistic. Mm -hmm. It was situational. Um, so that's where I would say there's, I think, a difference based on mm-hmm. reading what you just said and reading this email. Um, with this person, with this child, she, the mom is right that she calls it his determination, grit, and perseverance. Okay, so she, she he's not going to lose any of that right. by the system shifting to take him out of this narcissism. You know, um, uh, he he won't lose any of that, and he won't lose any of that by her not. Uh, engaging and trying to connect and getting him, you know, all the things she's trying, which, which are good. They are good parenting. Of course, she's learned that somewhere and they're good parenting, but, but in these situations, they're not working. And so he, she needs to be assured and reassured. I'm reassuring her that he's not going to lose any of his determination, grit or perseverance by her altering that and by authority taking hold when he becomes sort of, I guess we call this all out rebellious, um, or he just basically picks, makes a war with the authority figure on something. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets so focused on like that ball or whatever it is. And he uses that to make this war. He, he's not going to lose, lose any of who he is. He's not going to become ungifted or any of that by this authority changing somewhat and experimenting with what's going to work. Um, because the other thing is by the end of two or three months or whatever it is where they make the shift. And of course there's going to be some hell for a little while, Mm -hmm. but after two or three months, I think they're going to know, uh, or have a lot more evidence of whether there's something going on in his brain or whether this was just a systems issue, you know, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So that's another good reason to try to figure it out. Yeah, and and that raises, I I think she said in the question that this has been happening over the last three months. Um, So what are some things that the parents should look for that sort of help them know this isn't just a a temper tantrum, this isn't just a 
you know, the normal pushing of boundaries or a two to three minute mini power struggle. This is a problem. What are some things parents should look for to say, I either need to get better control of the situation or we need some help in dealing with this sort of massive rebellion? Yeah. Yeah. Big, big power struggles like this that occur in public, uh, you know, which this does because there's a lot of other people around. I think that's a really good clue. Um, you know, I, I, I think sort of obsessive or compulsive power. I'm going to take those words out because that's OCD, but constant power struggles in the home, you know, with, with a six-year-old, you know, I would see those as a sign of, um, as something that needs to change because Mm -hmm. that family shouldn't have to live with that, you know, but boy, it's really, uh, larger. It's a larger issue if it's happening in public. Yeah. Because kids, tend to feel safe at home to play the game, you know, with the parents, but they don't tend to want to be judged in public. So yeah. if, if this child is being doing this and being, and this is happening a lot in public and other families are listening, I would say, yeah, that's that right. There's a sign that something is going on. And, um, and then of course, other signs are going to be presented to us by other people. Like teachers are going to say, Hey, I think your child's gifted, but look, learns in an asynchronous way and could there be a developmental issue in a b or c you know and that's talking with the parents about it we don't have any evidence of this here but it could be does the child have a learning disorder you know something like that um because you can be a a gifted child but you can also have a disorder you know um Mm -hmm. that needs to get assessed and six years old you know it's getting to the age where someone can start assessing you know if the parents if the parents go through what we're talking about here and they they're still like oh yeah something's not working then i think six is a good time for us uh getting assessed um yeah so um one of the things i I noticed a little bit here and this isn't a criticism about what she may be reading or not but there are some theories out there that when your child is having a meltdown or expressing rebellion you stay calm I hear you, use your words, let's talk about this. You parrot back to them what they're saying. Um, I get the sense you're saying sometimes you need to be a little bit more authoritative. Right, authoritative, uh, yeah. Yeah, in that moment. Um, So I want to review that again, because you talked about it at the beginning, but it's so important what you were saying there, that sometimes we just have to take the authority back. So let's, let's imagine the scenario uh, your, your son, this is Michael's son, which you never had one, but your son, well, we could say <laughs> your daughter for that matter. Okay. She is out. She's playing dodgeball with the kids. They bring out all these new do- balls and she gets the used ball and she throws a public fit. You do what? Well, the first thing I do is just tell her, go, go over there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, which this, which this did, this child went yep. somewhere else because, because, uh, okay, I'll let her process those feelings. She has a right to process her feelings. Yep. Um, and so she goes and he, she processes her feelings. And and generally, um, that's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what, what I'm going to do. I'm not going to shut down her feelings, but I'm also not going to do a lot of engaging with her, you know, while she's throwing a tantrum because it doesn't, it just doesn't work, right? The brain is so overstimmed while it's throwing got a it. tantrum yep. that it's, we gotta, we gotta let it go through, you know, and there's nothing really wrong with trying to engage, but the parent is not generally going to get 
what they want to get out of that engagement while the child's brain is so inflamed, yep. right? So, so the child throws the tantrum, calms down, and and then my child may go back into the game. Like that may have taken care of it. Or if now we need to process, then now we process. And if now the parent wants to use the strategies of, of like, like she's describing, I'm mm-hmm. giving him options, I'm, you know, all of those things. Great. I mean, try those. Great. Um, but if he still then is not, you know, um, adhering to what the system needs of him, then yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of just holding the authority. So I'm not an, I'm not really negative on all of these techniques, and right. they're really neat to try. Uh, but being an authoritative parent, so we talk about permissive, authoritative, and authoritarian. Authoritarian that you know it borders on being abusive, right? That's completely shutting down the self development of a child. Yep. Authoritarian, I never would suggest that. Permissive. Permissive is do whatever you want, you know, Mm -hmm. and and also sometimes under permissive can come an overuse of um, I just want to know my child's feelings. You know, I want my child to express his or her feelings to me. And and that's good parenting. Okay, so sometimes that can become a part of permissive parenting. I don't know that she's doing that, but sometimes it can. And if there's a parent out there who's who's who has self-trained herself or himself to say no matter what. I I am got to know my child's feelings or I'm ruining my child. Right. Okay. If you've been trained in that, that is not true. Right. Feelings are just feelings. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not the be all and end all of human development. They're just a part of human development. So, mm-hmm. so there is not a harm in uh, there. There is harm in never understanding your child's feelings, but there isn't harm in a specific case like this saying, I just don't care what your feelings are. Right. Your right. feelings do not matter in this situation. You're doing the wrong thing in this situation. Yep. You need to yep. do the right thing in this situation. And sometimes character development, um, which which we might see as more under the authoritative, saying, Here, here's what good character is. I need you to have good character. I'm going to authoritatively help you to have good character. Uh, it comes under that category. And that's fine. You know, um, character development sometimes has to trump feeling development. Mm-hmm. Like we have to use feelings as part of character development. And so um, uh, this is a case where character development is more important. I need you to be a good person in this situation. You are not being a good person in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you are creating trauma for other people. You know, you're you're saying bad things about the coach, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, you're saying bad things about me. You can't do that. You have to have good character. I'm going to authoritatively help you have that. And it may mean that I don't care about what you feel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to care about what the child feels a lot. I want to reiterate. It's not yes. an either or. Right. We want to feel. But in a situation like this, we need to try not caring so much yeah. about what the child feels and making the child be a good child. So so two final questions, because this is such an important topic. Uh, and we'll, we can kind of use this situation. How do you do this in a way that you don't bring shame or embarrassment onto your child? And secondly, do you have your child at some point go to the coach and maybe even the whole team and apologize? Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I I, I don't know if if the mom had the child do that here. Um, I think that would be great. There's good character development in apologizing and uh, in taking that kind of responsibility and accountability. So yes, I would love that to answer the second one first. That would be awesome. Um, the first one to avoid the shame and embarrassment, we might need to walk out of the room, right? Because just 
to stop this embarrassing behavior. Mm -hmm. And then we walk out of the room and the child processes elsewhere um, just so that all of that processing doesn't create shame and embarrassment because mm -hmm. everyone's watching that. Right. So right. yeah, we might have to take the child out of the room to protect um, a certain amount of guilt about this kind of behavior is going to be appropriate and, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about shame and guilt. So shame can be disruptive. Guilt is helpful for mm -hmm. teaching, you know, character development. So, um, so this help and the shame can be used by the parent. If the, if the parent can kind of verbally talk to the child about it and go, you know, I think you, there's a part of you that's ashamed of doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to help you with that because yeah, I get that. You're a little bit ashamed. Yeah. Well, one of the ways you're going to heal that shame is you're going to go apologize. Yeah. And then that takes care of it because that's the way systems work. If you apologize, it's done. So uh, so the, sh the shame and the apology can actually work together. And yeah. the parent can now be managing those feelings, right, which are these sort of larger feelings and helping the child manage those under a character development um, uh, rubric than trying to manage these um uh, you know, I am mad feelings, or I'm just going to keep being mad feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, right? We're we're kind of managing feelings, but we're managing uh, the shame and the embarrassment, and helping the child get out from under those. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Michael. As always, thank you oh, very thank very you. much, and thank you to all of you uh, for your support. And uh, if you've got questions, go to wonderparenting.com. You can email those to us, or you can do that on our Facebook page. Uh, again, you just do a search for Wonder Parenting and uh, you hit join and I will let you in once I get the notification. Uh, we appreciate you listening and we'll be back with you next time for the Wonder Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.